Hi, I'm Joe, and this is the Decahedron RPG Podcast. Hi, everyone. This is Joe, and today I'm going to do the RPG A Day 2023. You know, I wrestled with, with how to do this. Actually, I heard several other podcasters also wrestling. This is intended for daily bloggers or daily social media posters. You know, if you were on... Uh, Facebook or Google, what was that? Google Hangouts, whatever that thing used to be. This kind of thing would work very well for that. But this is a weekly podcast. There's 31 entries here. And so the options are to put out a podcast every day. So this is going to be like episode 84, I think. So if I were to do 31 episodes on just this, that's like over a third of my total episode count was just for this. And they'd be very short episodes. And I don't know, that doesn't seem right. And then the other option is to go on your normal weekly schedule and then just do the seven entries for that week. But the problem with that in my mind is, you know, like I said before, I'm not hurting for content. And now we're gonna take four episodes out of the year Actually, five, because there's five Wednesdays in August this year. So we're going to take five episodes. That's like 10% of my entire year in episodes, in new content, <laughs> tied up in just this RPG RPG a day stuff. And that's more airspace than I'm, I'm willing to give it, especially when you combine it with things like OSR October. And then now you expect me to take four more weeks out of the year and dedicate it to OSR content. And so that's nine weeks a year. That's like 20%, almost 20% of my annual content dedicated to these special things that I, I don't know. And the, the goal of it, right, is to get people talking in a positive way about tabletop role-playing games. But if you listen to this podcast, you are already thinking positive thoughts about the RPG hobby, right? You don't come listening to the Decahedron RPG podcast to listen to Joe's wonderful voice. If you're already here, you're not the audience that this is intended for. OSR October, I'm a little more forgiving because I don't consider myself an OSR podcast, although I talk a lot about OSR stuff. I think I also talk a lot about stuff that isn't in the OSR. I consider myself an OSR-friendly podcast. So... That one, I'm, I'm a little more forgiving. And actually, I have an idea of what I'm going to do for OSR October this year. And I'm a little excited about it, but we will see. Anyway, with all that intro, let's get started. I've been doing a lot of long shows lately, so I'm going to try to make this one a short one. So there's 31 items. If I were to spend a minute each, that would be 31 minutes, but that's not going to happen. So number one, first RPG played... And then parentheses, it says this year. And if I remember right, the parentheses stuff is if you're also tying this in with when you first did this 10 years ago. I did not do this 10 years ago. So I'm just going to go with first RPG played. We've talked about that before. My origin story for RPGs was the Holmes edition of Dungeons and Dragons. First RPG Game Master. My first GM was either James, who has been a ghost. Yeah who has been a guest host on here quite a bit, or our mutual friend, Don. 
It was James that got the game. He would pass it off to Don for photocopy reasons, who would pass it off to me. I didn't know James at that point. That's how I met James. And so it was either one of the, one of those two that ran the first game I, I played in. First RPG bought. So the first RPG I ever bought. So we're not going to count the Holmes edition of D&D because that was kind of, you know, and it wasn't kind of, that was full out pirating, right? James would type up a page, give the page to Don. Don would give it to his father. His father would bring it to work, photocopy it, bring that back, give it to Don. Don would come into school, give that back to me. It was this whole revolving thing until Don's father finally said, just give me the dang book. And he brought the whole book into work. But that wasn't bought, right? So then I'm almost inclined to say AD&D, but I don't think I got all three volumes of AD&D before I got, oh, do you count deities and demigods? I mean, at what point do you own AD&D? Interesting point. So maybe AD&D, maybe Traveler, but Traveler's a twist because Traveler wasn't something I went out and bought with my money. You know, I was young. Um, <laughs> I asked for it for Christmas and my mother got it, but that's sort of an opportunity cost, right? So I could have asked for something else. Um, if we want to say, yeah, the full game I ever actually bought that I know for sure I bought, it's going to be Gamma World. Most recent game bought. Oh, this is easy. <laughs> this is actually Traveler, the facsimile edition. I ordered this off drive through just a few days ago. I'm also buying another copy for Keith. Favorite RPG you never get to play, all of them. I don't get to play nearly as much as I would like to. I don't have a current gaming group that I'm gaming with. Don't take any of this as a complaint. I just, I found, um, <laughs> this is going to sound sappy. I found the love of a wonderful woman, and I would much rather spend my time with her than locking myself off in another room to go on to uh, roll 20 and not spending that time with her. So, um, yeah, all of them. The smartest RPG you ever played, well, that you've played. What the bloody heck does that mean? Smartest RPG. I'm going to substitute smart for clever. And for clever, I'm going to say Rhesus. Talked about it quite a bit here. I'm planning an upcoming review on it. Going to be joined by Evil Jeff. So you'll get to hear more about it uh, during that episode. Favorite character. I've talked about this on the show before, too. Favorite character I ever played, her name was, his name, whatever. Um, I can't remember how I want to say, Talisha or something like that. Um, <laughs> that was a, a Gamma World character. It was a shape changer. According to the first edition Gamma World rules, shape changers had no limitations. You could just change shape at will. So the backstory there was that the character didn't know what its native shape was. It didn't know if... It was a human that could shape change into a crab or if it was a bear that could shape change into a human. And that was kind of its quest. It had a copy of uh, Monster Manual. So it was in search of Lake Geneva because it thought that there would be a clue to its true identity there. Favorite dice. You know, I have lots of dice. I counted a few years ago. I have over 300, 400 now, I think, dice. And I have some really nice metal ones. I use those actually when I'm, when I'm doing something on the show that requires me to roll dice because they make a nice loud noise and you can hear it through the mic. But I, they're not my favorite, although it's my favorite dice holder. It's like a little dragon's egg that's held down with magnets. It's a gorgeous holder. 
It was a gift for my stepdaughter, Lauren. Um, thanks, Lauren. It's quite wonderful. But the problem with it is that there are these metal dice and they're engraved and it's like a metallic gold against metallic silver. So there's not a lot of contrast there. And then they put a whole lot of scroll work around all the numbers that just muddies, muddles everything visually. So they're not the easiest things to read. So my favorite dice are actually Chessex, solid, not translucent. They're solid yellow with black numbers. Nice, easy to read. They get the job done. And Bob's your uncle. Favorite tie-in fiction? Hmm. I don't do tie-in fiction. Um, so I guess if we're going to go by the straight letter of the law, it's going to be the new Dungeons & Dragons Honor Among Thieves movie because it's the tie-in fiction that I've hated. No, you know what? I'm going to say the Dungeons & Dragons cartoon. Yep, favorite tie-in fiction, Dungeons & Dragons cartoon. Weirdest game you've ever played? I don't know if that means rule set or if that means... Game session, I'm going to go with rule set. And I'm not going to go by the mechanics are rule weird or anything. I'm going to say just the game world. I'm going to go with paranoia. It's fun. It's kind of a, heavily inspired by Logan's Run, I think. But it is it is a weird world. You, you've heard me do the, the computer things, greeting citizen type thing before. That's all inspired by paranoia. Old game you still play. Reference what I said about most recent game. However, I do have a Traveler game coming up. So that is an old game that I still play. And I'm planning an OD&D session shortly. So that is an even older game that I still play. Most memorable character demise. When I was at Wunderfest in Midwestern State University in Wichita Falls, Texas, back in 1980. Four, five, I'm not sure when that fell in. Uh, it was either late 84 or early 85. It was the only con game I played, and maybe that's why it sticks out in my mind. But I was playing, and in the very first room, within five minutes of the game, I got bitten by a poison spider, failed my save, and I was out of the game. Number 14, favorite convention purchase. Ah, So... I am not much of a convention goer. I've been to that Wunderfest that I was just talking about in Wichita Falls. And then I went to Gen Con for about three years. And the only thing I did at Gen Con, at the time I was running a blog called RPG Gazette. I've since sold it. The new owners ran with it for a while and then they lost the domain name to some squatters and stuff. Eh, whatever. So I was also like uh, pushing, pushing the blog while I was there. I didn't buy it, but at one of the booths, I won this metal medieval helmet with a chainmail coif, and that was kind of awesome and wonderful. Uh, I don't know if that counts because it wasn't a purchase, but that is still what I am saying. Favorite con module one shot? No idea. Uh, it says favorite con module. I Like I said, I've never played in a con uh, other than that one Wunderfest game, so I, I couldn't tell you. Tell you what I'll do, though, I'll strike the word con. And my favorite module is, like I said, uh, just during the last two weeks, is The Frontier Forts of Kelnor by Judges Guild. Game you wished you owned. Easy peasy. Wood grain edition of OD&D. Funniest game you played. Paranoia. Favorite game system. Lucky 7, of course. Uh, Lucky 7 is the game system I'm developing. 
And I'm not saying it's my favorite because I'm such an awesome game developer. I know exactly what I do and I have all of these innovative and wonderful ideas. It's nothing like that at all. It's because I design it. I get to design it to be exactly what I want. So it matches what I want. If you're not going to let me say my own, I'll say fudge probably. Favorite published adventure. I don't know how that Oh, because the other one was a con. So in that case, for number 15, I had no answer. And my answer that I used for number 15, which is Frontier Force of Kelnor, I will use for this one as my favorite published adventure. Unless I mean the favorite adventure that I've written, that I've had published, in which case, none. Game you will still be playing in 20 years' time. <sighs> if I could be so lucky... You know, let's be realistic here. Uh, I'm not getting any younger. And if I make it another 20 years, I mean, it's not unreasonable, but it's not a guarantee either. I guess it's not a guarantee for anybody, but, you know, we're, we're seriously rolling some dice here. Um, my mother made it a few years past that, though, and my father, uh, right around that. So, um so assuming that I'm still around and I can still play in 20 years, I'm going to say uh, hopefully lucky seven. But, you know, given the enduring quality of Traveler, maybe Traveler, maybe, uh, yeah, no. See, I could say that for everything then. OD&D, &D, whatever. Favorite licensed RPG, number 21. Uh, I'm going to say the Last Unicorn editions, uh, yeah, the Last Unicorn Games edition of Star Trek, the role-playing game. Best secondhand role-playing game purchased. If you look in the old editions of the Dragon Magazine, you will see that there used to be uh, an ad that would regularly occur from a store called Crazy Igors. And I think it was based on a series of ads that were running about Crazy Eddie's, an electronic thing down in New York City. But Crazy Igors, while still in New York, was way upstate New York. Western New York is actually what we call it. At so happens when I moved here to where I live, Crazy Igor's was my friendly local gaming shop. And so I would go in there and he had a whole bunch of secondhand stuff. But one of the things I got from him was my third printing of OD&D. So that is my best secondhand RPG purchase. Close second place is I bought from eBay Australia earlier this year a Corgi edition of Tunnels and Trolls. Um, which is kind of cool. Oh, and I guess I could say uh, Liz Danforth's personal fourth edition autograph to me of Tunnels and Trolls. So, yeah, there you go. Coolest looking RPG product book. Hands down, Ryotama. It's a Japanese RPG about travel. It is gorgeous. It is beautiful. I don't like the game. And this is why I always say, don't judge a book by a cover. And artwork is useless because the rules are everything. But that is on the review list. I will be reviewing that one day. And again, I don't say enough, but it's always in my head. When I say I don't like something, that means I don't like it. That doesn't mean that it's objectively bad and nobody in the world should like it and only a fool would like it. It means, you know, I have things I like. I have things I don't like. I don't like this. Complex slash simple RPG you play. So a lot of people say that GURPS is a very complex game. 
I don't think it is, but it certainly could be if you tweak all the dials. But the trick is not to tweak those dials. So you could say that I played Hero. I found Hero to be more complex uh, in point to the point of complexity that I don't play it. So that rules that out. Simple RPG, Lucky 7, <laughs> Rhesus. Yeah, I'll say those two. I was going to say Fudge. Fudge falls somewhere in the middle. Fudge, I don't think Fudge is a game. I know Stephen O'Sullivan feels that it is. He thinks it is, but I think the Fudge book, the product, when you get it, is more of a game construction kit than a game. Because from the beginning, from like your, your, the basic attributes, the Fudge book says, yeah, you should pick some or don't pick any at all. And then when you go into skills, it says, yeah, you should pick some. Maybe you want to pick a lot and cover everything. Maybe you want to pick a few broad ones. Maybe, you know, and it does all this stuff. And you cannot pick up a copy of Fudge and say, yeah, let's play. What you do as a GM is you pick up a copy of Fudge and you put together your game. And then you can say, let's, let's play. So there you go. Unplayed RPG that you own. Ryutama. Favorite character sheet. Really? Um, what was his name? The Mad Irishman? He had some nice character sheets out there. I, I liked some of his stuff. Yep. That's what I'm going with. You know what? So, yeah, I'm, I'm going to stick with that answer because it came to me first. But number two, in a close second place, I'm going to say uh, the infamous... 5x7 index card. And the only reason I say 5x7 versus 3x5 is that my printer will handle a 5x7 index card so I can print them off on my printer and they'll still be nice and neat. Game you would like a new edition of. This is number 27, by the way. Lucky 7. <laughs> only because it hasn't had any edition yet because I haven't finished right putting it all to paper. I think the design is done in my head, but I haven't gotten it all written down yet. No, I mean, really, if there's a game out there that I really like, why would I want a new edition? It's out there. I like it. Like Traveler, right? I like Traveler. Why would I want them to ruin it with a new edition? OD&D, they've already had new editions. I don't like them as much. I like the original OD&D. So, I mean, if I'd say it's a game I'd like a new edition of, we're saying, what game don't you like that they should make a new edition of it? So maybe you would, but why would I? I, I there's enough games I like. I don't need a new edition of any of them. So no answer. 28, scariest game you've ever played. A few years ago, I ran a version of, I think it was Traveler. The game itself was a one of the Traveler double adventures uh, that I modified amazingly. Uh, not amazingly, like, well, just a lot of modifications. On that, they come across this abandoned ship, and there's some, like, haunty stuff happening. It all gets explained in the end, but one of the players said that she was kind of spooked out by it. So I'm going to say that's the one. Most memorable encounter. Again, I am largely a GM. I am not a player. So from the player side, thinking back in my Wayback Machine, there are no encounters that really stick out on my mind. Um, <laughs> except maybe that spider during that con game that killed me in the first five minutes. Okay, I'm still bitter about that. I guess that's the one. <laughs> Obscure RPG that you've played. Uh, Riyatama, I don't know a lot of people that have, heard, that have heard of that one. Fudge is kind of obscure. Not a lot of people have heard about it. Rhesus, 
is kind of obscure. Um, actually, even Tunnels and Trolls is kind of obscure in its own little way. But of all those, I think Ryutama is probably the most obscure. Favorite RPG of all time. Okay, I'm not going to say Lucky 7, although I should because, again, I am making it to be my favorite. My absolute favorite would have to be... Oh, see, this is tough. Um, I, I, I like Traveler. I like... I like the character generation of Traveler. I like the starship combat of Traveler. The rest is hit or miss. I like GURPS. GURPS was the first one after D&D that really showed me that you could have a decent game that wasn't by TSR. And I love the elegance of the rules. Throw 3D6 roll under. I'm not a fan of roll under. I like, in my mind, your high roll should always be better than your low roll. And that's the only thing I don't really like about GURPS. Um... Big eye, small mouth has a lot to say for it. Um, oh, this is a hard one. Having a favorite. It's like pick your favorite kid. Um, fudge, you know, that's that's I'm going to say fudge. Um, the three, you know, um, I'm not going to say fudge. I am going to say original D&D because it's the one that started it all. Without OD&D, none of the others would exist, so I'm giving it credit for that. Although it's character-based, I mean, it's class-based. I don't like that. Whatever. And that was the last one. That was number 31. So that's all. Thank you very much for listening. Please do send feedback. Let me know what you thought of my answers. I'm listening to you other podcasters, so I'll know your answers and I'll be sending y'all some feedback. Uh, but everyone else, let me know what you thought of the answers. If you have any answer that you want to share, feel, feel free and go ahead. Uh, again, thanks for listening. Send your feedback, feedback at decahedron.com. Call the feedback line, say hi.chat slash decahedron. Join the conversation over at uh, the playboards at www.decahedron.com slash boards. That's everything. Thanks for listening. Until next week, happy gaming, happy life. Bye. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Decahedron RPG cast. We'd love to hear from you. You can leave us a voice message by calling 562-774-2278. That's 562-RPG-CAST. Or by visiting sayhi.chat slash decahedron. You can also email us at feedback at decahedron.com. Links are in the show notes. For more information, visit decahedron.com. Remember that decahedron is spelled with a K. Music is by Kevin McLeod. Logo is by Design Cat. Thanks again for listening. And until next time, keep those dice rolling.